Well, greetings to each of you, and welcome back to The Shakedown, a podcast about corrections for corrections by corrections. I'm your host, Aaron Dawson. Good to be back with you again. I hope that you are enjoying season two as we uh, roll along through it. Got a, an awesome uh, series planned uh, for the month of March, but before we get into that, I just want to make you aware of some upcoming events that you might want to check into. Um, every year, Nigel puts on JailCon, a phenomenal three-day conference, slam-packed full of some awesome training by the best instructors uh, around the around the country. And there's three of them uh, in an area uh, so that you can, everybody that wants to can get uh, get to that and participate in it. Uh, JailCon West will be June 5th through the 7th. Uh, JailCon South will be August 28th through the 30th. And JailCon Central will be October 24th through the 26th. West will be in Arizona. South will be in Alabama and Central will be in the state of Indiana. So you can check it out on their website, jailtraining.org, and you can get all the details, get registered, uh, get get planning uh, to participate in JailCon. Uh, you will not be sorry uh, if you participate in a JailCon. Uh, another thing that, that is upcoming in the month of September, September 25th through the 29th, uh, Nigel's Elite Class Number 4 will be taking place. Uh, an elite is designed as uh, training that is specialized for jail administrators, jail commanders, whatever your title may be, uh, the folks that are in charge of the jail. Um, phenomenal training. I had the privilege and the opportunity to participate in elite class two. Uh, it was an awesome experience. And so for those of you that are jail commanders, jail administrators, wardens, etc., uh, you don't want to miss out on that. So those are some upcoming events that you might want to uh, check out and see uh, what you need to do to be able to participate in that. But as I mentioned earlier, in the month of March, March is officially Women's uh, History Month. And so in light of that, uh, decided to do some, uh, to interview some folks, some ladies uh, that are, are in leadership roles in the uh, corrections world. And so have got some great interviews lined up. Looking forward to uh, chatting with each of these ladies and, and for myself and for y'all to be able to glean from some of their experiences and some of their uh, wisdom, if you will, that they've gained over the years. Today we're going to be uh, interviewing Miss Natasha Goins. Uh, she's the jail commander at Jennings County Sheriff's Office in North Vernon, Indiana. And so I'm um, going to have a great conversation with her, and I hope that you guys can get uh, some good stuff from her experience as well. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. All right. Well, we are here today uh, with Miss Natasha Goins, as I said, the jail commander from Jennings County Sheriff's Office. Uh, so, Miss Natasha, it is good to have you on the podcast with me today. Um, good to have the opportunity, as I said in the intro, to glean from any wisdom you've been able to glean from. I know we were discussing prior to this that uh, you're you're. Entering into this position was not necessarily something that you had originally planned on or gone into. It was kind of dropped on you. And yeah. so, so good, good to see that. That's a different perspective than someone who is, you know, that was their long-term goal. But anyway, yeah. um, so to get us started, could you, why don't you go ahead and just kind of, if you will, 
um, if you know, make sure the statute of limitations is up on anything that we need to say. But but uh, give us kind of the background of how you ended up as the jail commander there in James County. Okay. Well, first, thank you for having me. It's it's an honor for sure. Um, I started at the sheriff's department in 2019, and I was just an officer and then became a corporal a few years later and I actually left for a few months went back to school and then realized I didn't want to do that and so I came back yeah it was terrible (laughs) Um, I came back to the sheriff's department and I was the field training officer and I was a sergeant and our current jail commander was leaving and he recommended me and the sheriff said that he had already had me in mind and now I'm here so uh, there wasn't a, uh, hey, we have this open position. We want somebody we want to put in for it. You interviewed for it. It was it was kind of like, hey, we have decided yeah. that <laughs> you are the best fit for the job. So congratulations. Yep. <laughs> that is well, right then. <laughs> so you went, went home one day as a sergeant, come back the next day. Congratulations. This jail is yours. Yeah, I was just doing some paperwork at paperwork in East Booking. And they called me up to the front, and I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, I, I don't know what I did. Like, I thought I was in trouble. I walked up there the whole way, and I'm like, okay, what did I do? And I get up there, and they're like, have a seat. I'm like, oh, okay, this is where I get fired. And <laughs> no, exact opposite of being fired. So it was pretty neat. Well, good. Well, I, you know, I mean, it, it may be a – so how long ago was that that you were promoted? Uh, in August. August 1st is when I took over. Okay. And so far, so good. Yes. Yeah. Good. Uh, good, good, it's good. been a journey. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a, it, it, you know, having walked a similar path. I mean, I actually put in for the position. They didn't dump it on me. Uh, but, uh, but you know, the, the difference between I'm responsible for this much of the pie and I have these ideas that, man, if I had the opportunity, I would do X, Y, or Z. And then that first day that you're sitting in the office, going, "Hey, wait, this 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 is this is my time now," and oh my goodness, and you realize how big that pie actually is when when you have the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you definitely do. Yeah, it's for sure. You don't you don't realize it until you're there. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. And you have those people that you work alongside of that think they know. Uh-huh. And yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We'll leave that alone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, good deal. Well, again, um, good to have you have you on the, the podcast. So just had a few questions for you. Um, you know, basically being that, you know, March is, is Women's History Month and just kind of getting the perspective um, of some some ladies that are in leadership positions in, in the corrections field. I know that, you know, we like to think of corrections as there really isn't any difference, male, female. It's a job. We've got to do the job. But reality is there is some difference of experience just because of the career that it is. And so yeah. just to kind of get, get things started. I wanted to, to see if um, you felt like as you, from the very beginning, when you, you signed on and joined the sheriff's office all the way through your career now as a jail commander, do you feel that you faced any challenges in your career specifically because you're a woman? Honestly, here, no. Like I've never had that, experience where being a female has ever stopped me or put a damper in my career or anything like that. I have never experienced that here. Good. Good. And that's awesome. The now as far as the uh dealing with the inmates, 
do they do they I mean now that you're the jail commander that 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 puts a whole new twist on things. But yeah. prior to you being the jail commander, did you see that maybe they responded to you differently than they might a male officer? Yeah, because sometimes um, they'd be giving like the male officers, you know, crap or whatever. And I walk in, I'm like, hey, can we like knock it off? They're like, oh yeah, sorry, Miss Tasha, and stuff like that. It's crazy. Or I mean, then you have like the new inmates that would, you know, cat call and stuff like that. I had that a lot, like in the beginning of my career, but after you're here for a while, it kind of stops and goes away. Well, good, good deal, good deal. So, um, next question I wanted, wanted to ask you is, is, you know, I, I always enjoy hearing the answer to this question anytime I have an opportunity to talk to anybody that's, whether they're in a leadership role or not. Um, but is there anything that, that maybe, if you, if you knew then when you started what you know now, is there anything that you would have liked to have known when you started in your career that you know now that you wish somebody had said, hey, sit down a minute, I want to tell you something. You wish that had happened. Um, yeah, I, uh, that's a tough question, honestly. Um, it doesn't, yes and no. I feel like it doesn't matter like how many times you train on something and stuff like that. It's like the real life experiences. Sure. I wish that there was a better way at those, I guess. Um, laws and stuff like that. I We, laws and policies, we go over them a lot more now than we ever did. And I feel like it would have been better like in the beginning to start off like, with those and stuff like that. Sure. Maybe know some of the whys behind yeah. what. That this yeah. isn't just an arbitrary rule that somebody come up with because they were bored one day and said, hey, we're going to change the policy and do this. Yeah, For you exactly. to understand as the line officer, no, no, we have to do this and here's why. Because if we don't, so forth and so on. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, I you know, and as far as training, you mentioned that. And I'll tell you just in my experience that there is an element of you, know, you want to give those new officers, you want to cram as much information in their heads as you can. but. It doesn't matter how many videos you show, how many classes you do, so forth and so on, until they walk the floor themselves and they get hollered at, they get something thrown at them, they have to put hands on, whatever the case may be. It's really not going to connect until they do it themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I know I've said many times to my training officers, you know, as a, an administrator that, I mean, not that you would want to do this because there's a good chance of somebody getting hurt, but there's no better way to tell when an officer's made of than when they have to have an altercation with an inmate. Obviously, there's no way to set that up without, you know, jeopardizing wow. somebody's safety. But, you know, <laughs> 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 good deal. Um, so in your position now, as you, as you're since August been in this jail commander position, um, as a leader, what do you feel like your greatest challenge is being in a leadership position there in the jail? So, 99% of the time, we stay fully staffed, but it's keeping people to stay. Mm. It's They come in, train, and then leave us for a different facility that pays better or something like that. I think that is our greatest struggle right now, is just keeping people, because I get it, everybody has families and they need to make more money, so I can't be upset with anybody for leaving for that, but I feel like that's our greatest challenge right now do you, do you in in the folks that have you know they started with y'all and then they went on you know to another agency or something else have 
have has there been an opportunity for you to been able to to talk to some of them and figure out what it is that caused them, if you will, to go somewhere else? Yeah, I have. And, and the answer and the answer usually was pay. Pay. It's more yeah. So and I, you know, that is something that I, you know, in talking to folks that I don't know that there's any law enforcement agency, especially with the economy being the way it is right now. That, I mean, if you're just looking at pay scale, uh-huh. you know, there, there are so many places that are needing people, you know, from whether it be retail, whether it be a plant, whether whatever the case may be that, you know, they're offering, whether it's signing bonuses or so forth and so on, that it makes it hard for law enforcement agencies to compete with that. I mean, uh-huh. you know, we know we have the insurance, we know we have the retirement, but if somebody's looking at, you know, uh-huh. I can make four dollars more an hour just going right over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. Excuse me. So, in, in kind of connection to that last question, in your opinion, would you feel like that retaining staff would be the greatest challenge facing the profession as a whole, not just you as a leader, but the profession? Would you see that as as the greatest challenge, or was there something else maybe you think that would be equal or, or greater than that as far as I feel like that's a like retaining staff is a really big one, but I also feel like mental health these days is a really, really big issue, like with our profession and stuff like that. Yes, yes, and and your time. I'm assuming you're referring to um, the the officers and inmates. So in in Indiana, um, you know, personally, my experience has been in the state of Alabama as far as <laughs> as far as administration. And I know in Alabama back in well, 2010 and 2015, the state legislature, they basically gutted a bunch of the funding for mental health in the state, closed down three state mental health hospitals, referred all the patients to community mental health care, which basically just meant they turned them out on the street and yeah. they started in our jails. Are y'all, I mean, is it something similar that y'all are dealing with in Indiana? Yep, we have the same issue. They closed a couple of the places down that we had. And then they put them in group homes, like the mental health. Um, everybody went to group homes and stuff like that. So a lot of the times they come to jail or just, I feel like a lot of people to mask their mental health is their answer is addiction. So sure. that's another sure. struggle that we have, you know, people coming in and out all the time and stuff. So there's not a lot of resources for mental health. And as far as y'all at, at your facility uh-huh. is, I mean, do you have access to, so some mental health professionals that can that can work with the inmates while they're there with y'all? We do. We have um, one person, and he is fantastic and is on call to us 24-7. He's great. Um, he helps, and he does wonders, and he'll help people whenever they leave get set up, you know, with the right path and stuff like that. So Good, 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 good. I mean, I know that's not the answer, but at least it's you have something to work with. Yeah. And then, you know, Touching on with what you said about the the mental health for the officers, uh-huh. have you have you uh, seen some or had some some issues with staff where you felt like that that was impacting their ability to perform the job due to stress or whatever the case may be, mental health issues they were experiencing because of the career? Um, a couple people, yeah, and like we pulled them aside and talked to them and stuff like that and let them know. Um, I always tell everybody when they get hired, because it is trying some days, that my door is always open, my phone is on 24-7, call me or whatever the case. You just want to talk for a few minutes or vent or, 
whatever, just give me a call and I'll listen. I may not have all the answers, but I'll still try. And so we've run into that a couple times and let them know we have a program through our nursing company that we go through where they can um, call and then those people will check on them throughout the day, like text messages and stuff like that. So that's pretty awesome. Awesome. Good. Good. I'll tell you, that is uh, just as you see news articles and different things coming out around the country, that seems like I agree that that is a growing, and I hate to use the word trend, maybe need would be a better word, a growing need in the profession is that, you know, the part of the expression, but the, you know, the whole thing was, well, you know, if you're having a rough day, just suck it up. We got a job to do. You'll be fine. You know, and how many folks they get to the point they're not fine. Yeah. And, exactly. Yeah. So, so good, good deal. Well, the, uh, the last question that I, that I had for you is, you know, one of the things that we're trying to accomplish with these these interviews in the month of March is to expose the listeners uh, to some some people that, you know, they may never come across. They may never cross paths with you. Uh, they may never, you know, whether it's at a conference or, you know, a training or whatever. They they don't know you. They'll never see you. Right. Um, so if if you had the opportunity to give a piece of advice um, to any new young maybe experience or young in age that you could put it out there to every new officer that was going to start in the field of corrections. What piece of advice do you think they would need? Don't give up. Um, we all started this for a reason. Everybody starts this career for a reason and everybody has different ones. And some of those days they're hard, very, very, very hard. And you leave here and you're like, I'm not going back. I don't want to do it. It's tiring. It's exhausting. And you can, you can go make more money down the road, but don't give up. Because when you have those really good days, those really bad days don't seem as bad. So sometimes you can help one person and you can just help that one person. You've done a lot more than what you realize. Yeah. Yes. Well, I will tell you that that is, I think that is a, a huge uh, piece of the puzzle when you think about, um, again, the temptation to, you know, I can go work at this, I can go work at you know, Hobby Lobby, for example, making nearly the same money and I don't have to worry about, you know, somebody throwing something on me or having this, that or the other. But the opportunity to impact, whether it's inmates or whether it's other staff members, their lives, um, it, it makes a huge, huge difference. Um, and so, uh, well, you know, we get, we get evidence of the fact that you're a busy person and that you got folks that, you know, <laughs> that feel like. Somebody <laughs> needed to tell me right this second, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, good deal. Well, um, Sasha, thank you very much for, for being uh, on uh, the podcast with us. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your uh, obviously uh, busy day and, and joining with us. And uh, thank you for uh, having me. Absolutely. And look forward to crossing paths with you sometime in the future, whether it be a, a training or conference or so forth and so on. So good to, good to have you with us. And guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed the the interview with, with Ms. Goins. And, and uh, as always, any thoughts, questions, concerns, something you want to bring to our attention, ideas, or whatever it may be, you can hit us up at shakedown at jailtraining.org and we'll get that, get that answered. Uh, but until the next time, as always, guys, stay sharp, stay safe, stay vigilant. Godspeed. 